We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of GSPN and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined, as always, by the... Whew, I don't even know. I need something positive in my life after watching Bucks Rockets. The glowing Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Uh, I'm not doing particularly well considering I just watched Bucks Rockets. But <laughs> I know you're the same as me. Everyone tells me to calm down after a game like that. And it's not, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not doom and gloom about the Bucks. I'm just pissed off. I had to watch. The Bucks play bad basketball. It's annoying to me. They're good. If they were the Rockets and they played bad, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Let me update my Wembenyama odds. They're a good basketball team. They should play better basketball than this. It's frustrating. I'm frustrated. They, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating. You know what else is frustrating, Ty? What's People that? listening to this but not subscribe mm. wherever they're watching this, listening to this. Make sure if you if you want to help us feel less frustrated, <laughs> check out the YouTube to see Ty's uh, stank face. Uh, but uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice. YouTube helps out a lot. But uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. That hey, I wasn't had something fun. to lift your spirits. That face, that funny face reminded me. Do you know what a girl in college once said I looked like? <laughs> Are you ready for this? this? I, I'm very, I it's don't know where positive. this is going. It's oh, not boy. positive. Oh, no. She said, you know, you look like Gru from Despicable Me. <laughs> I don't know why that face reminded me of that. That's one I, That's one that, like, I felt like, you know, Giannis's monologue about how he's been to the bottom? That's how I feel now <laughs> after going through a you look like Gru in college. <laughs> That's my airballing free throws in Oklahoma City right there. That is tough. That's just like yeah, why. I know, I know. I know. We're supposedly friends at the time. Oh, well, we're not anymore. There's so Good. You, it seems like, like you leveled up. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, low bar, low bar. But anyway, um, I needed that levity in my life. The Bucks lose, let's see, 97, 97 92. 92. To the Rockets, two nights after barely escaping with a win in Dallas. A truly incomprehensible game. We're not going to go too deep into either of these games as usual. Instead, just kind of going through the whole team and where things are at. Chris Middleton, probably the biggest news from this weekend slate of games, left the Rockets game pretty early, about six minutes in for him with a supposed sprained ankle. He asked to be subbed out. We didn't see it happen live. We'll talk about that. More in detail later, hoping that we maybe learn some more about that during this podcast, but we'll see. Either way, we'll discuss it. Um, but really not a good game for Giannis. I think give some credit to the Rockets, who I think played really hard and did a really good job forming a barrier, packing the paint, playing with aggression, getting out and running after turnovers, which the Bucks had a ton of turnovers in this game. But Giannis didn't play well. Grayson Allen really played poorly. Uh, and despite Drew Holiday having another good game, which 
hopefully we can maybe we could start there, keep the positivity going. The Bucks were not able to win, which is tough given it's a hard 10 game stretch for these next like until right after Christmas, I think, for the Bucks. A lot of road games, a lot of tough games. So getting this one against Houston would have been nice. However, it is what it is. We also we we do have some bud comments on Chris Middleton, so oh, we can just talk about that right there. away. Sure. So this is uh, from our, our our pal at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Jim Ozarski. Uh He said uh, he used Bud's quote on Chris Middleton. He said he should be fine. It's a couple of very minor things. Hopefully he'll be fine. Couple of things. Don't love that. No. Also, he said he should be fine, and then one sentence later says, hopefully he will be fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to be that worried about it, but it's not ideal. No, I mean, it's it, because, like you were saying, it was ruled out as a as a left ankle injury, but, like, right when he was getting subbed out, when he asked to get subbed out, you couldn't really see anything happen. There was no contact, nothing. You couldn't really see an ankle turn or anything, so... It's a little bit concerning, but if Bud says he'll be fine in cryptic ways that only Mike Budenholzer can do, I think we have to take his word for it, yeah. him on his word? No, I, I think so. I'm not – I think there was a little bit from some people fear of something really bad because I think there's a difference, an important difference, between not seeing or not being able to perceive what happened with Chris – and a non-contact injury. And I, I don't think I don't I wouldn't call this a non-contact injury. Like that I think really scares people that idea. We don't know what's wrong. We we just need to wait and and see more. But I'm not going to have red alert on. I don't expect him to play against the Warriors on Tuesday. I would imagine he gets at least one more game off if he was immediately ruled out of this game. We'll see though. But that's the issue of this part of the schedule where for their next seven games now, the Bucks have no more than one off day. No back-to-backs, but no double rest days. So I would imagine this will probably cost them at least one game here. But as we continue to say, if you're going to have injuries, have them in the first year part of the NBA calendar. Like this is when you'd want like to have them. This was an opportunity to pull within half a game of Boston for first in the East and thus NBA. But, oh well, that's fine. Like it's... Not a big deal. It is what it is. It was a frustrating game to watch and certainly would have wished the Bucks played better and, and especially took care of the basketball more. But none of this matters. Let's let's do our there's, other injury. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go there's, ahead. there's still 56 games left. Yeah. <laughs> In the regular season. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll circle back to the Bucks' offense in a second. One more piece of injury news to get to right away. Joe Ingles practicing with the herd. So I, I was hesitant to say too much about his first herd assignments other than it's generally good news because we didn't know what he was really doing. I mean, like, sure, he he probably was practicing, and now we know he was. Bud said he's getting live ball action. I think he said five on five, too. So clearly he's, like, really participating. But, you know, really we don't know what exactly someone's doing just if they're assigned. That could mean almost anything, right? So good news for sure that Ingles has been actually playing basketball in his assignments, like Chris getting up to game shape, I think, more than maybe rehabbing his injury at this point, or a little bit of both. But good news. I mean, J.I. Xmas surprise is certainly still on the table. Uh, make sure you listen to Win and Six for uh, the, yep. the coach Mike Dunlap tweet updates, because those, those are just amazing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's great to see Joe Ingles practicing. We've seen the videos of him shooting around pregame as well. Like, obviously, that's leaps and bounds different from playing NBA basketball. Yep. But it's just nice to see the progression. And this is what the Bucs have been doing. When they have a guy coming back from injury, they'll assign them to the herd, get some practice reps in. And that's usually an indication, like we just saw with Chris, that he should be back into the rotation or back playing, I should say. Very. Not very. Somewhat soon. In the, I'll in the just say. Not too distant future. I'll just say. I know we got the J.I.X.M.A. surprise prophecy. We are six days, five when you're hearing this, away from the Utah Jazz visiting Milwaukee. I'm just going to oh. say that. I'm just going to – that'd be a nice time 
for him to make his debut this season, I think. That's all I'm going to say. Would, that would be fun. Is he going to know anyone there, though? Everyone's gone. That's true. And it's not in Utah either. I mean, that would mean a little bit more, right, to do it in Utah. But we did, we, did see, we did see Pat make his return against the Blazers in Milwaukee. That's true. Well, did they play? Did the Bucks play the Jazz? No, they didn't. So he'll, he would get to play in Utah in late March. So that'll be cool for him, too, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, throwing that out there. Otherwise, obviously, there's the Christmas game against Boston as well. That would be – I mean, really, any game. I'm excited to see Joe Ingles. I think Same. at this point, what I'm excited about most with him – well, one, just seeing him and seeing what it is. We just have no idea what he's going to look like. But if he's good, let's just not even dive into what that means yet. We can wait until we see him play. If he's good and he's like a plus on offense, like shooting and playmaking – Swap him in for George Hill, this version of the Bucks rotation that we're seeing. And I think that's like – I think that plus just being healthy and Pat playing a little better solves a lot of the offensive problems we've seen in the early part of this season. Because right now the rotation has basically been Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, again, when healthy, Giannis and Brooke, and then Javon Carter, George Hill, Pat counted in Bobby Portis, like a little bit of Wara, a little bit of West when he's healthy, that, that kind of thing. But it's really been those first nine guys. If Ingles is like a real plus offensively, that first nine becomes like, I think, really optimal. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It just adds to the depth of this team. Just you're getting more, like, just more options, just more options. Yeah. So you can actually go to like a hot hand mentality. So it's like, who, if you, you, it's like an embarrassment of riches at that point. It's like it, you you have like if you're Mike Budenholzer, you have the ability to choose. Hey, this guy's shooting the ball really well. This guy's playing really well. Let's start, insert him. Oh, we had he's not playing super well. We have a bunch of other guys who could come and take his place. It's just it's it's what we thought this Bucks team could be, and Joe Ingles is a big part of that. Ideally, ideally, but he doesn't exist for now. Okay, let's talk about not. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's on the thing. I'll let you go first. I've been chatting a lot. Rohan, talk about. This recent stretch of games for Drew Holiday. And I want to throw a question at you to start this. It's in the title here. How real do you feel his all-star push is at this point? Unfortunately, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, sound too down, but unfortunately it's probably not going to be super real considering the, the embarrassment of elite guard play in the Eastern Conference. That has just dominated and been the reason that he has not made the all-star team in recent years as a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. But his play is just so, so good, especially since Chris has come back. Uh, you just you see him being more comfortable. You see a little bit of a lessened load on him as Chris starts to work his way back. Unfortunately, like we touched on earlier, there's going to be a little bit of an absence probably with Chris Middleton out again. But just the way Drew is going, he's on an absolute tear shooting the basketball. Like you're getting uh, 50% shooting from deep, 60%, like 40%, like consistent good shooting from deep with Drew Holiday. Like we know that step back three has always been there since he's been a member of the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the most efficient step back shooters in the league. And it's just like, it's just continuing. You saw in this game against the Rockets, he started out and you're like, oh my goodness, Drew can't miss right now. You can't miss right now. He starts off in the Mavericks game and it's like, wow, this guy is like, you don't want to get too caught up in it because we, I feel like we've seen a little bit of this story before and we're always thinking, Hey, what if Drew can do this in the playoffs too? And then he absolutely doesn't do it in the playoffs. Yes. But, but but what if, what if you can? (laughs) Like, like, I feel like I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid every damn year at this point. But like, (laughs) what what if he can? Are you aware of the Arrested Development meme? Are you aware of Arrested Development? There's these two funny characters. Tobias. Oh, I think, I think I've seen, I've seen this. Yeah. Couple, it's like couples there, whatever. It's something, something that's brought up. It's like that never works for anyone, but maybe it will for us. That's you right now. I will say, I think some of the exciting thing for me is it's not just the three ball. Like you look at Drew's no. first Buck seasons, and he shot thirty nine and forty one percent from three, even with the hot stretch recently. And today's game is not factored in, so it'll go up a little bit. But Drew's at 35% from two this season, or from three this season, excuse me. So his three ball has not really been falling. I think, and honestly, at the rim, it's still a little bit of touch and go. There's still some bunnies. I think less bunnies missed than the last couple of years, but still some. 
His jumper in the mid-range has looked a lot better to me. I think that's what's really been kind of carrying him through this stretch. I didn't realize before I looked today, you know, some of it is, I think a lot of it is Chris, and he didn't play many minutes his first season in Milwaukee, but he is, by per-game averages, having Bucks best for him in points, assists, and rebounds per game. So really a lot of production from Drew so far this season. And yeah, it's been great. And I think really like the Dallas win, even being in this game late is not all, but largely because Drew has been like just phenomenal. And it's, it's really nice to see him kind of knowing he has to step up and continuing to do that night after night. Yeah, and you mentioned like the assist totals going up. While we have seen like in the stretch where uh, before Chris came back, you could see these possessions where he seems like he's a bit overtaxed handling the offense, where he'll make like these strange assists that end up in turnovers. He'll take weird shots. He'll 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 feel like he's doing too much, and that's a lot of what we saw last postseason in the Boston Celtics series. Is you could see that Drew is clearly overtaxed in his offensive role. But once a little bit of that gets alleviated, you can see he's more in control. He's more precise because he doesn't have to do as much. There's more pieces around him that's making his life on the offensive end easier. There's less pressure, fo- like defensive pressure focused on him. There's less, uh, there's there's more offensive talent around him at all times. It's just, it's more of a comfort level. It's more of Drew being sort of taken down a peg, which allows him to thrive. And he has seemed to have been thriving. Like you, you see, like you mentioned, like these past two games in Texas, a lot of the reason the Bucks are in these games is because of Drew Holiday. You're seeing him make the right passes. You're seeing him make the right reads. You're seeing him play off of Giannis really well. You're seeing him hit his shots. There's not a lot more you can ask for. Oh, and by the way, he's playing all NBA level defense. Yeah. Yeah, I think Luca talked about it after the game, like trying to deal with Drew Holiday and how difficult it is. No question, he has. He's just that's the that's terrific. the one thing that never wavers. No, 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 no. Yeah, that that's why that's why you live with whatever almost you get offensively is because you always have that, and it's such a big deal. For sure, and that's that's one of the reasons why it's like you make that trade in the first place so to go get a guy like Drew Holiday because he is just. He like like you mentioned, Luca was surprised like that he hasn't won Defensive Player of the Year before, and uh, it looks like tomorrow or Monday uh, we have a uh, How Hungry Are You with oh. uh, Drew Holiday coming out where they talk uh, Defensive Player of the Year stuff. That's gonna be awesome. I know, I like like Serge. Serge, he, he's good. At, he's good at what he does in terms of content creation. Oh yeah, you uh, should have you should have us on there. I'm I'm down. I've been down. I've got something we, we should talk about uh Mr. hundred or fifteen thousand. Giannis yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how many players in NBA history have scored fifteen thousand points? In all how of NBA players? history. How many players? What did I say? No, uh oh, yeah. I think I um This is NBA and ABA, by the way. We're doing both. I think it's like one eighty or something. Hundred and fifty three. 153? 153. Giannis will be top 150 in scoring probably on Tuesday. Uh, Mike Mitchell has 15,016. Sharif Abdur-Rahim has 15,028. So Giannis just cracked 15,000. He has a little bit. I think he's like 15,006 or something. So, yeah, if he has 20 points, he'll be a top 150 all-time NBA and ABA scorer, which is pretty cool. He's already top 150 in just NBA. Wow. That's that's a, it's a elite company. Last season, obviously, he took over. Uh, he, he passed Kareem as the Bucks' all-time leading scorer, yep. uh, which was just an elite moment. I think about yeah. that a lot. Like, One I'm of glad my it's favorite the, regular season pods by far. I think I'm very glad it's in the win and six intro now. Yeah. That call. It belongs there. Uh, Kevin Harlan, just the GOAT. Kevin Knox. Uh, but uh, yeah, Giannis. It's even though we've seen his scoring sort of dip, he's he's had some weird scoring here and there. Yeah, like uh, in this, what did he have tonight? Sixteen. Sixteen against the against the Rockets. He had after twenty eight, like a red hot start against the Rockets too. Like I want to say he had six ish points right in the first couple of minutes, or yeah. So really, not a lot over the whole rest of the game. 
Yeah, he really did. Uh, like you saw, he had that streak of eight games of 30 or more points. And then it's like, he struggled. Like he, he fouled out of the Dallas game with 28 yeah. points. Now he has 16. It's just, it's, it's a little bit of an off couple games from Giannis. But one thing we know about Giannis is that's not going to last long at all. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine he comes out, um, against the Warriors, which is they're an elite defensive team as always with Draymond and Kevon Looney. But they're just an amazing defensive team. Um, they are. Although, I mean, just so you know, we are talking about a team with like a 15% winning percentage that they're going to be playing on Tuesday. 15? Uh, they are 2-11 and 11 on the road still. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It continues to happen. It, it really continues to happen. Um, so... Uh, oh, I, this was the the big gym tweet that we had already talked about. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of other positives besides 15k for Giannis lately, but you know, we'll 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 take that. Yeah, I will say though, I will say though, Giannis was trying his best to play some elite defense in that Rockets game. That's true, and he did have 18 rebounds. Yes, he was pulling in the boards. To be fair, the Rockets were getting a lot of shots up though, and they were missing a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> it makes it makes it a lot easier to get rebound. That yeah, that that's the Houston Rockets for you right there. <laughs> I mean, they won the game. I can't say anything. <laughs> and I, we should should we? Um, so Paul Silas, NBA legend, yes. passed away. Um, so his son Stephen Silas, right? Yes, is the coach of the Rockets. He was gone for that game. John Lucas stepped in. The most hype head coach I've ever seen. Oh yeah. By the way, he was going crazy. And I do th- – it's a good story that the young Rockets – a coach who's like, you know, not the most highly regarded. I think it's hard to coach a team of young guys. It's a difficult position to be in generally. Um, but I think it's it's kind of cool that they went and won for him. I think that shouldn't be discounted as a factor. They were running hard. They were defending hard. It was a really impressive game from the Houston – and not in like the – like we've seen them kind of just chuck their way to some close games before and wins against the Bucks by like – they just get red hot and hit a bunch of shots. This was like, oh, they really got together and played winning damn basketball. Uh, and it was great to see. So I, I will I will say that. And obviously, you know, our, our respects and best wishes to the Silas family. Um, really unfortunate thing to to have happened. But yeah, a um, real a real uh, uh, pillar of the NBA community. Paul yeah, Silas. yeah, 100 percent. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Speaking of players who I think are really, I'd say maybe the two players, we'll just put Giannis aside. Giannis always has a ton. 
I guess we were speaking of Giannis before, but since Drew Holiday. But anyway, Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. All this to say, Bobby Portis, I think, is playing phenomenal basketball. As I termed it earlier, real 90s kind of basketball from Bobby Portis, which is pretty much a nice way of saying his shot from three. I I need to specify from three. His other shots falling. His shot from three, still not really. When are are we going to when are we going to pull up the receipts on lethal shooting? Not this pod. Honestly, not this pod. I want to ignore it for a pod because I do think almost like what national folks did with Giannis for a couple of years. I feel like I myself on our last episode did with Bobby in regard to focusing too much on the shooting versus the rest of his game. For sure. It's just like it's been he's been unbelievable. And you're right. We shouldn't talk about the bad things when he's been such such a productive player. He's just been a walking double-double this season. He is gobbling up rebounds like uh I, I I'm just going to stop before I say something. Hungry hungry hippo. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, they gobble. <laughs> they do. The gobble. Do turkeys gobble? Yeah, but I think that's different. That's a yeah, noise that's they make. They don't I don't they're not known for eating, I don't think. They gobble gobble. Yeah. Like Joey Chestnut on whatever oh, yeah. that day is. Yeah, yeah. hot dog day. The you know the in water? Yeah, just to make it slide down. They don't oh, even like okay. shoot. Okay, no, move on. We lost me. I forgot that's why. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> he's, he's gobbling up those glizzies. Uh, but, uh, Bobby's never come on the pod if he hears this part. Uh, no, that's Joey Chestnut. Not, not Bobby. But Bobby's gobbling up the rebounds. And that's been something we've been talking about all season long. It's just the shift to being more proactive on the offensive boards. You see him hanging around a lot. One thing I think he's gotten a lot better at is his tip-ins. Mm, yeah. Like a lot of times this this season, whenever he gets like in position for an offensive rebound, he doesn't take the time to like bring down the board and then go back up on a second jump. Because like I love Bobby. He's a fast dude for a big man. He's not the most like explosive athlete in the world. Um so it's like a lot of times on the second jump, you get you allow for the defender to get back into position and maybe get a contest. But one thing Bobby has gotten really good at is just doing an offensive tip. Uh, he might have learned that from Urson, but maybe not from Urson, considering they go in on the first try a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, Urson padded the stats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's one thing I've noticed that's really stood out to me is just his his tip-ins on the offensive glass have just been elite. They, like, he has such nice touch. I think that's just a perfect encapsulation of Bobby Portis' season is that he has such nice touch on the inside this season. Like, you see it on the mid-range game, his little jump hook game, his floater game, and on the boards. It's just, it's been so, so nice, so productive to watch. And it just, it's it's bolstering his six-man-of-the-year kiss. Yeah, we, we disservice Bobby because we don't talk about more. And I saw, I think it was Eric Name kind of laughed about, not laughed about, but made a joke about earlier in the year that, you know, some some broadcast of some other team watching the Bucks, a Bucks game, the other team's broadcast was like talking about more or less how like Bobby's just a winner, right? Like that's what he's kind of come to be known as on the Bucks, and that was like the opposite of his career, and how, and how much that's flipped. And the Bucks, I think, get some credit because they put him in the right ecosystem. Obviously, Bobby gets a lot of credit too, and I think a player who bounced a little bit for a little while there from the Bulls to the Knicks to the Bucks. Wizards yeah. in there too, right? But it's not showing me that. Or am I wrong? I thought no. I think you're right. Yeah, because I thought that was another team. I was like, that doesn't. He sound did like play for teams. the. He did play for the Wizards. Oh, it was the second part of a trade when I sorted it on B ball yeah. ref. It took it away. Wizards too. Thank you. Um, bounced around for a bit there. The fact that he's just totally like doesn't care at all about starting and has just embraced being this guy off the bench. Career highs in. Assists per game and rebounds per game as mostly he has seven starts this year when guys are out. But like the assist per game is a big deal too. And I think his passing, you'll notice it. Like those two assists per game, it's you know, there's sometimes there's an assist where it's like, you know, pass to Giannis in transition and he goes a third of the floor. It's like, okay, nice assist. You you know, you made an open pass. That's not that crazy. Yeah. Bobby's assists have been nice. Like he's in the paint moving and he finds in this in this um Rockets game. And open Drew Holiday in the corner for three in a time the Bucks really needed it. And he doesn't do it a ton. As, as people joke, I think this was joked about in 10 things, Zach Lowe's column. He's usually shooting when he's within the arc. 
the way he shot, that's fine. He's one of the top three players in the NBA in double-doubles coming off the bench. I mean, the luxury of like a, what is he right now? Like 13 and 10 guy off the bench as your sixth man. That is an insane luxury to have. And it says a lot about Bobby that he's just totally bought in. He also seems to be getting better every year, shot aside. And it's he's been great to watch. He's been a great stabilizer. I think that's something the Bucks really need. And if they are healthy for a playoff run, I think it's going to be a big deal as we go down playoff series to have someone with that level of intensity coming in to play a team that's already a little tired from playing against Giannis and Brooke and Chris and Drew, etc. for the first few minutes of the game. Then you get fresh legs Bobby coming at you too. I think it's going to be really effective. I'm really excited to watch him this whole year. I mean, he's taking the rebounding to a whole new level. And doing that with the passing has unlocked a lot for him, even again with the shot not being there so far. Yeah, you mentioned like, uh, like we saw a little bit of that in the Rockets game, excuse me, where you just, uh, you see, you see Jabari Smith Jr. having to like fight for his life, trying to guard Giannis in the first couple of minutes. And it's like, okay, Giannis subs out or like midway through the first quarter as he always does. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, Bobby Portis is in now. Uh, try, have fun with that, Jabari. Uh, I think uh, Steve Novak, great, great color commentary from Steve Novak, as always. I kid. Uh, you mean Jabari called, Parker? Wasn't it Jabari yeah, Parker yeah, that's, who was on the yeah. Rockets? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He just kept calling him Jabari Parker. And I was like, no, Steve, that is not who that is. Is he even in the league? No. Yeah, he's no, not in the league. No, I don't think so. Yeah. RIP to Jabari's NBA career. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, you never know. Uh, um, But... uh. Maybe he's the real Taiwan MVP. Uh, isn't isn't Dwight Howard having like 50 oh, or 50 games over there? Oh, so it's ridiculous. I already took it's like ridiculous. 10 threes in his first game. Yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been an experience. Apparently DeMarcus Cousins might go there too. Oh, man. That's going to be yeah. a lot. I know Greg Monroe is in a league like that now too. Mm-hmm. We're losing legends. Yeah, <laughs> just the elite bigs of this generation. Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins, Greg Monroe. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yes. Great. I mean, a, yes. He had, did he have an all star? No, no. no. Uh, but uh, but back to Bobby though. Uh, he's just been absolutely incredible. Also, one thing he's like the only short roll operator that the Bucks really have. You mentioned his passing game, mm. and that's something that can really be unlocked that we've seen a little bit. Is if him just operating out of that sort of mid post area off a roll, like he can go drive to the rim, he can hit a little, hit a little floater. And he can pass the ball. He's one of the only guys on the roster who can really do that. Once, once I mean, he's like one of three bigs on the roster. Uh, Serge isn't doing that, nope. obviously. Nope. One, because he's nope. not playing. Two, because when Serge gets the ball inside the arc, he's just going to either throw it up towards the basket or throw it five feet out of bounds. Guess Serge's uh, assist per game. Uh, like zero. It's zero point three. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember the last time Serge had an assist. The only two players lower <laughs> are AJ Green and Thanasis, who both play five minutes or less per game. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, Serge isn't doing that. Brooke Lopez doesn't really do that as well. That's not like his game. He's not going to be passing when he's getting the ball. No. Because uh, he's just going to put it up. And then like most of the time, it'll just like somehow go in. Yeah. Because he has such a such nice toucher on the basket. But that's not really how he operates. Bobby's really that only guy. And that's one thing. If you want to diversify the Bucks' offense a little bit more, having Bobby operate out of the short roll a little bit more gives you more offensive versatility. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It's been nice. And I think him adding the passing is is really beneficial to that. It's funny. I think like Bobby always gets hit with the doesn't pass when he's in the paint thing. Brooke is like at half the assist per game. Brooke really. No, Brooke is, Brooke Brooke is way worse. passes. No. I don't think he's very good at passing, so I kind of get why, but you kind of know what's going to happen with the possession when it, when it gets to Brooke within the paint. Since we brought up Serge, I do think we should touch on the Marjan Serge disappearance. I do think – it seems like what whatever they were sick with is termed a non-COVID illness was like pretty bad because they were out yeah. for a long time. And I Make know sure you guys get your this. boosters, by the way. Yep, yep. I got the double boosty. I had a bad day because of it, but it was worth it because now I don't oh, have whatever that was, hopefully. That plus flu? Yeah. Knock on wood, yeah. But um, I know you floated this. Might be some more Bucks conditioning happening with those two. 
just because if you're out for that long, you're not With able to illness? work out. Yeah, it's like how, how much weight that have takes, you lost? That takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So that I, I think with the focus, it, does that seem like a focus to you this year from the staff is conditioning, basketball conditioning? I feel like we're hearing about it more than we ever did before. I mean, it's also um, like – I feel like we've had more Bucks players like having prolonged absences this year, which is maybe part of why you get into that because it's like conditioning only comes into play when you're away from the game for a long time. Like Chris Middleton hadn't uh, played basketball and been able to touch a basketball for months. They so have to work your way into conditioning. Same thing's happening with Joe Ingles. Like um, if Giannis misses a game here or there, misses a few games, it's still not to a level where he's going to be out of shape. Um, but if you have like uh, Marjan Bochamp, you have Serge Ibaka missing extended periods of time with an illness. Like if you're out for two weeks with an illness as an NBA player, that usually means it's pretty significant. Um, obviously they're, they're feeling better now. They're, they're cleared for activity, but you, you do need to get back into the rhythm of basketball. And again, it, I think it just speaks to what this Bucks medical staff takes priority. This organization takes priority in, and that it's just like making sure all their guys are right before they throw them back out there. Like yeah. making sure everything, everything is okay. They're in their best physical shape. They're the best. They, they are primed to have their best ability. No chance of actual re-injury or like getting them out there too quickly or anything. So I think that's just, it's just normal everyday activity for the Bucks medical staff. Yeah. And I think it's not a coincidence that Marjan continues to be assigned down to the, uh, the herd, you know, maybe Serge is, is closer. Maybe Serge, I mean, these last two games have not been good. Not, like they're not games. The Bucks need a second true center. Dallas was too small for Brooke. Houston kind of was too. Like really small teams who either through athleticism or shooting stretch out the Bucks, and they're just going to yeah, play like smaller. Yeah, their starting center is Shangoon. It's yeah. just like like we have Jokic at home. Yeah. I, I think Brooke against Shangoon, you feel okay. But when they go to the bench, it's like they're just they're so tiny. Yeah, it's Garuba or like um, like KJ Martin has seemed like was taking some shifts. Like. I guess Jabari might have been their center for a couple of minutes. Like they are tiny. It's it's tough for Brooke defensively. And then the Dallas, everyone just shoots on Dallas. Like it's it's just hard for him with the the spacing wise. So maybe that's why just, JaVale Mazik McGee has been excised for Mazik. Sounds like a Shaq alter ego. Um, but yeah, also he's just not good. But yeah, JaVale would have been great for Brooke to play against. Unfortunately, <laughs> Jason Kidd only took him 20 games to figure that one out. Um, but yeah, I think maybe, maybe, maybe Serge is closer and, and it's just not been good matchups for him, but I know there's been a lot of where's Marjan and it's like, I mean, he's probably getting back to basketball shape and, you know, war continues to get run for the month until he's trade eligible. That's all I'll say on that. Maybe they should, maybe they should stop giving him run because <laughs> yeah. he's kind of taken his value. Like those three minutes he was out there today are one of the most disastrous couple minutes I've ever seen from an NBA player. Five minutes. Thank you. Five minutes. Excuse minus me. five. Minus one. They were minute. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the starter thing. I feel like we haven't dove into this for a while and now yes. it's going to be thrown out of, out of, out of focus again with whatever happens with Chris being out. Assume. Javon slides back in. I guess we'll see. But Javon versus Grayson. Grayson, until the Houston game, I think you look at it and go, he's played well enough. He totally – he's played enough to, to keep stasis. Whether you still would like to see the change for the good of the rest of the team or not, that's a different story. But Grayson had played really well. He was abysmal against Houston. Two for 12. Really bad turnover. Blew an open dunk. Just totally biffed it. And the Bucks did not get the ball back. <laughs> Man, I thought he was Jordan. <laughs> like that and the failed alley-oop to Giannis are like in crunch time in a game the Bucks were right there for. Like probably games or plays that together, not not it wasn't all Grayson's fault, but those two plays probably do cost the Bucks the game in the grand scheme of things. But a lot of things went wrong in that game. Again, it's not like everyone else was perfect and Grayson had two bad plays, but he was poor. The other thing, though, was Javon played well in this game, had been on a really cold shooting stretch, though. It's like 30 and 20 field goal and three-point splits over his last five games. So I think Grayson was playing really well. Javon was not playing all that well. This tonight, or Sunday night, as you listen to this on Monday, 
Javon, three for five, all threes. Look, had a pretty good game. She's been less involved, though. So I just, what are your general thoughts on those two guys, who should start, and how they've been playing? I think it's still a little tough to tell, considering that we have, haven't have seen, like, a good version of Chris Middleton yet. He's still, like, trying to find his way back yeah. into the fold, which is understandable. Like, he was out for X amount of months, whatever it was, eight months, I don't know. But uh, you you see, like... It's it's hard to tell because you haven't seen the idealized version of the team yet. Um, it'll take a little bit more time. Hopefully, Chris gets back into uh, first of all gets healthy soon, and then gets back into a rhythm soon. Yeah, but uh, it's you're right. Javon does seem a little less involved. I know we talked about this last week, where it's like you you sort of see a little bit of a timidness from him coming off the bench now compared to him starting every other game prior to Chris's return. And it's you, you just have to wonder like. Does he just perform better as a starter? And yeah. does Grayson just perform like is he is he does he should he be relegated to a bench role? I think the idealized version of Grayson should absolutely be a starter. But the question is, are we going to get the idealized version of Grayson? Are because we get the seen... idealized version of Jay Crowder. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Bossman nine nine is just sitting there. Did you hear about the Wizard Suns trade that was percolating? No. Kuzma for Cam Johnson and salary and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if Crowder would be in that or not. I mean, if he's on the Wizards, he's pretty much up for grabs because they stink. Yeah, they, they are. They are way bad. Uh, but uh, no, Kuz, Kuzma would be an amazing buck. Yeah. I just he's don't gonna like him. Com- I, I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And he's also going to cost too much. Yeah. He's a uh, good player, though. Yeah, absolutely. But uh no, Grayson, like we've seen we've seen some flashes. Like we've seen like he's grown a lot this season in terms of his playmaking, in terms of his drives to the rim. His finishing has gotten a lot better as the season has gone on. And I've talked about this before. He's growing as a player. He's adding more to his game this season. And you're gonna have some growing pains with that. It's uh like he, he's been asked to do a lot more than he had been previously with Chris out. It's just I don't know. It's like, are we ever going to see a fully idealized version of Grayson Allen? I don't know. Javon might be the like. He's obviously. I I felt I thought he should start because he was the safer option, and yeah. he had proven himself to be the better starter. And I think you might have to you might have to consider doing that again. So I I think there's confounding factors here. I think I think I would rather have Grayson coming off the bench by the time we get to the playoffs. Because I think his biggest problem is just pure, like, fluctuation in his level of play. And I think him starting kind of amplifies that and can really, like, it can put you up big early, but it can also kind of put you in a hole early. And it's just a little too risky for my liking because Drew and Chris are kind of like that too. And I I don't really love your one through three being three guys who have pretty wild fluctuations. And, and Javon will in scoring, but it, it feels usually more role dependent and shooting volume dependent than it does like Javon's playing bad. Javon, to me, plays almost the same game every night with a different number of shots and a different level of how much they go in. But the games don't usually look that much different. He'll go one for five, right? And he did that recently. It doesn't look like, oh, he's pressing. He just takes five Javon shots and only one of them happens to go in, which is basketball. It's life. But the re- the whole game looks the same. Grayson plays bad. And I don't know if it's just like trying to be a body language PhD or what. But sometimes it, it just starts to look bad. It's like, oh, now what is he doing? Oh, he tried to snap out of it and do this vicious dunk and he hit back iron and it went out. He tried to throw an alley-oop and it was awful. I just feel like it compounds more. Man went split-legged Statue of Liberty. Like he took him from like moment, just, in that just inside the elbow. I was like, "What is happening right now?" And it almost worked, but it didn't, and that's what matters. Um, but I, and I think the other thing too, though, and I think Javon could still be a good bench player. I think the issue for me with him lately, he's not getting, he's not being asked to handle the ball enough. Which is, I, I said this when he first went to the bench. It's like, honestly, I don't care that much, but he needs to handle the ball. For whatever reason, we've seen more of George Hill on ball. And it's like George Hill hasn't played terrible these last couple games. He played good against Dallas, made a couple of fourth quarter threes. 
He did not take a shot against Houston, which is very on brand. It's minus 11 in his 14 minutes. Really just did not accomplish anything. My issue with him is twofold. One, if he's on ball, it's kind of just a waste of time. Like he just kind of goes around. Oh, what's the floor like over here? Okay. Nothing do. I'll throw an entry pass and walk away for the rest of the possession. And I would rather see Javon, which we've seen him have more success actually accomplishing things with the ball. Also, I think George's defense has been quietly below replacement level. That was his thing for a long time was he was such a good positional defender. These last couple of games, I just feel like guys are getting separation from him pretty easily. So he caught he also caught the ball in the corner this game and just dribbled out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah, that was an odd decision. I was like, anything but I don't shoot know, for like, George. I'm not days. I'm not an NBA player. I'm not close. <laughs> but I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. That is not what you're supposed to do. It's almost like Serge leaving the ball when he tried to dribble that one. That was more understandable, though, because I don't expect Serge to be good at dribbling. George should be at least okay at dribbling. Uh, he's had a great career. I just think the the, the the miles are catching up this year, and it feels noticeable. But I, I think whether Javon starts or not, and again, I would prefer if Grayson did not start and if Javon did, but they need to, uh, which we saw in the preseason and early this season, he needs to be the designated backup point guard. He's better at it than anybody else they have. And he's damn good at it. It's not just desperation. He's good at it. I don't think he's being used properly right now. I agree 100%. Give the give give more responsibilities to, to Javon. Let him operate. I don't know why I can't talk right now. But <laughs> I said JaVale Mizgee or whatever I said earlier. And I'm just fumbling through my words. But uh, no, absolutely. Just let Javon cook. At the end of the day, let him yeah. cook. Here, here. Don't pull that one out often. Here, here. <laughs> Pat Connaughton. Still not shooting well. Yeah. Are, are we worried yet? Is worried the right word? It's annoying. Concerned. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even think I'm concerned. I'm just like agitated. Agitated's good. I think I'm agitated. I'm not mad at Pat. I'm just ready for him to start hitting them. Yeah, because what's he? He's at twenty six point nine percent, or a little bit below that now because of the Rockets game. But yeah, uh, like sub twenty eight percent from three on the season so far. Like it's been what? How many games has it been? Like ten games. Eleven it's now. Eleven now. Actually, no. Me. This this might have the new stats. It might. I think it's ten. Oh, it is ten. Yeah. Um. So it's still it's still early. Like he missed a lot of time. At some point, we got to be a little concerned here. 25.9%. I think the issue is for Pat, and this is admirable, he has not changed the way he plays one bit, which is what you should do. You're a a good NBA player, a big-time rotation player on the Bucs. They need him, and he knows this. But the problem is with the way he's playing – that play style is very detrimental. And there are times when he will take two threes in like a minute and it kind of kills the momentum because they are thunderous bricks. I don't think he should change the approach. I think he needs to keep playing. I think the floodgates will open. I have all the belief in the world that Pat Connaughton is going to start knocking down the threes again. I am not worried that he's just not a good shooter all of a sudden because of, you know, what was it? Uh, uh calf injury for pat was it yeah you know 39 percent, 37 percent the last two years on 640 attempts from deep that is a much bigger sample than the less than 60 he's taken this year i think it's rust i think he'll knock it off boy i hope he does it soon because these have been tough minutes to watch he does some good stuff defensively kj martin gave him some issues he's rolling gets to the rim and finishes there pretty nice but oh goodness, the threes, the threes have not been kind to him. Yeah, it really hasn't. Like we've seen Pat go through these sumps before in his Bucks career. Uh like his first year in Milwaukee was an absolute roller coaster with him shooting the basketball. So we'll see. We'll see if he can work his way out of a slump like he has before in the past. Also, I just I can't get over the fact that the Bucks keep playing against Kenyon Martin Jr. Like I remember yeah. when Kenyon Martin was on the Bucks. We had to like talk ourselves into that being exciting too. Oh God, it wasn't. His former teammates gonna really unlock him. I remember this is this. Is, I remember like the first game that Kenyon Martin played with the Bucks. He caught a lob, 
And I was like, what? This dude is like, should, should be have like AARP benefits right now. Like, how is he catching lobs right now? I wonder and if that, that was the sense. last one he caught. I think it was. <laughs> it probably was. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that it was. Uh, but yeah, but now they're playing against Kenyon Martin Jr. God, I feel old. Yeah. Every year there's new football players are coming fast and furious now, dude. Every year there's like four more football players that it's like, no way. Can't yeah. be. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's not good. We're, I feel we're like aging. we're 10 months away from Liam Atetokounmpo, like, you know, playing in the G League Ignite or something. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> I feel like it's going to happen soon. Like, yeah. once Bron- once Bronny's in the league, then it's like, oh, God. Yeah, that's going to be pretty wild. Yeah, that's like a year or so away, year or two away. Well, we almost had uh, Shaq's kid, right? Yeah, Sharif. Sharif plays, is in. He's a he, pro now, but he's, yeah. He's in the, he's at the Ignite, isn't he? Mm, oh, maybe it could be someone wrong. else. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Buck stuff. What other Bucks should yeah. we talk about? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's been a little up and down. We've had a lot of guys missing time. Like, obviously, what, we didn't talk about this. Wes Matthews is in health and safety protocols. Yeah. It's been like that. Get well soon, Wes. Um, so he hasn't been playing uh, recently. Otherwise, I feel like I don't know. I feel have we touched on everyone? We didn't really talk about Brooke. Has a, had a tough couple of games. Had some good moments in him. I need him to that block he had though. This game, I don't know if you saw ridiculous. my Discord message. I thought I thought the force and how squarely he got it while it was still. I don't know the offensive player. I couldn't tell who it was. I thought the guy was going to get like slammed down on his back like an anime scene. Like, you know, when a punch gets caught and the guy who threw the punch is like, oh, 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 that's what it looked like. And I thought he was going to get thrown backwards. It was so forceful and direct. We, we've seen that. Like, we've seen that before. Like, he, Brooks done that to, like, Aaron Gordon last yeah. season. Like, that was a ridiculous block. So you're still getting good, like, not even good, elite, yeah. elite defense from Brooke Lopez. Just you're, you're not seeing a ton of stuff on the offensive and he's cooled off in terms of shooting. He's taken some weird shots, like that three he took from the corner in the, the Rockets game where it's just like, he takes a lot. Brooke Lopez takes a lot of shots where he's just like, I'm taller than you. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, shoot over you. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I don't care where you are. I know that I am bigger than you and I'm just going to shoot. But also, like, Brooke, relax, bro. Like, you can you can do other things. Or you can, you know, pass the ball. That's also an option in that situation. Yeah. Like, you don't have to shoot just because you can. His cooldown is only three games now. He was three for five against Charlotte and Lakers, and then two for seven sack, 0 for one against Dallas, and then one for four against Houston. So it is a cooldown, but it's it's not an ice age yet, and hopefully we avoid that, and the Noah has just fixed Brooke. It sure would be nice. Yeah, so we say this, and he's going to go, like, nine for 11 from three All in the first the eight minutes somehow. Yeah, that's and then he's just not going to score. Yeah, won't even shoot again. Yeah, he wants to preserve those percentages. <laughs> exactly. I don't blame him. Uh, but yeah, it's just like you, you want to see a little bit from on the offensive end, but you can't really complain too much when he's still providing elite elite rim protection. Best rim protection in the league, I'm going to go out and say it. Yeah, and it's just I think it's just normal. I mean, we're so I guess we got used to all-star Brook level, and hopefully he's still on track for that. But he had seven points against Houston – like he had four against Dallas. Like in in his Bucks tenure, it's very normal for Brooke to randomly score like five points. It just happens. Like he's not at his age and the load he carries defensively. As you mentioned, you just can't expect, I think, a great offensive night every single night from Brooke Lopez. Yeah, it's just it's it's asking too much. Yeah. Okay. Last thing then. What are your expectations for the rest of this tough 10 game stretch? They're one and one so far. I mean, I think this is probably like these last two games have been a kick in the pants that the Bucks really need. We've seen Giannis sort of go through some struggles. Like I mentioned earlier when we talked about Giannis, that's not going to last very long, Never. knowing Giannis' track record. So it's I think we're gonna we're gonna see an absolute tear. We know this Bucks team rises to the rises to the level of competition and uh sometimes plays down to it, which is why you see these stinkers against the Rockets. Yeah. Uh and the Mavs, even though they yeah. won that game. They did not deserve to win that game. Hilarious way. game. It was so, so funny. The video like, of the Bucks knowing the last play and Luca knowing knowing the Bucks know the last play, so yeah. good. 
It's so good. Classic Jason Kidd coaching right yeah. there. I mean, the Bucks can't say a lot considering they just ran the Chris play for eternity. But uh, but they the really the haven't. I think the last year and a half, two no, years. No, no. Like they they used better. to. They yeah. used to. You know what I want to see again? You're going to guess this. Guess what end of game play I want to see again that I loved from last season. Do you remember? No. Oh, wow. Oh, no. awkward. The the Giannis just run toward the hoop against Charlotte. Oh, the game yeah, yeah, the crazy yeah. Get him going glass. downhill. He yeah. literally started like 10 feet from the other baseline and just like ran. And they threw him the ball and he just got to the rim. I love that. Do that more. <laughs> it's a good play. Get a little down screen going on his yeah. way there. And it's just like you get a moving momentum. Yeah, I'll take yeah, him one-on-one on one against anyone. Yeah, I'll take him one on two against most people. True. Yeah, one on three is a little tough. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen him do it. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, it's, but, uh, yeah, the Bucks have gotten a lot more creative on their end-of-game plays, like their out-of-bounds plays. Like, credit to Mike Budenholzer and not no credit to Jason Kidd. Yeah, ever. Ever, no. ever. <laughs> no, never. Uh, Mavs fans are learning real quick what yeah. Bucks fans went through. I think they know now. I think they're there. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. No, it's just it's just expediting the Luca to Milwaukee uh, scenario. How how is it not talked about more that they know how good this offseason Luca is, and they let Jalen Brunson walk, and the big move is getting Christian Wood. I don't know. I don't know. I asked myself that same question, Ty. But I also, I like, I again, I want the Luca to Milwaukee narrative to. to I I think the Luca to everywhere narrative is going to be fire because look at this terrible team they have. He's he's playing like he's a top five player in the league. He is. How how many years has he been first team All NBA now? Like he is. I think it's three three years now. Yeah. Like it's just it's who he is. The fact that they have failed this badly to get elite talent around him. Like, sure, the first two years when he's still, you know, so young and you're not sure going in what it's going to be like, that's different. But by this point, like, last couple of years. You just we, we made know, the conference finals. Like, we know, yeah, like, not good enough. They got to figure that out. You, you can't just not put talent around a guy like that. Yeah, you can't make the conference finals then let your second best player walk. And just like, oh, we got Christian just, Wood for yeah. parts. There we go. Okay. It's solved. We, Tim Hardaway we Jr. is getting healthy, so we're good. Yeah. It's a, it actually wasn't the Porzingis trade. It was the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade. Yeah. Dinwiddie's actually been like He's really been good there. Interesting career, Spencer Dinwiddie. <clears throat> could see him being a buck someday, a couple years from now. Don't know why, but I could see that. Yeah, I think so. Following that George Hill arc. See, see, yeah, seems like one of those guys who's just going to like, yeah, I want to go to a bunch of good teams in my latter part of my career. And yeah, be fun. Is he still taking his uh, his contract in crypto? Let's just move on. <laughs> might have to be might have to be playing for a long time if he has to. You might have to play for a lot of years. That's how he's definitely on his George Hill arc. Then uh, <laughs> uh, we're doing a giveaway. Uh, if you haven't, we are yet, doing a giveaway. Twenty-one, twenty-two, no, twenty twenty-one. I think yeah. Wisconsin heard basketball. We've identified. I believe Tremont Waters, Ray John Tucker, a couple other players. So definitely you want to get that. Join the GSPN Discord at gspn.info. Leave your favorite part, favorite moment from any GSPN pod, Eurostep, winning six, yada, 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 uh, at in the giveaways channel in the Discord, and you can be entered to win that basketball. We'll get it to you. I believe we're drawing a name a week from today as you hear this, so get that That's... entry in. We're not ranking these. It's just going to be random, so... Get your entry in, and and hopefully you win. Good luck, you, whoever you are. Yeah, and it's just it's fun. It's so it's so heartwarming to read these. It's been really cool. Yeah, it has I love been that really channel. Cool. Even the people calling me out for my playback stuff, <laughs> which is just extended to anything. I'm just cursed. Yeah, in what general. did you tweet today? Uh, the day of uh, the Rocks, Rocks game, Bucks hot shooting night. Like oh. they, they started out hot, and then they just <laughs> then they they fell off a cliff. Uh, oh man. It's just I I don't know what it is. Like I feel like I'm pretty lucky in life, so they had to, they yeah. had to like the universe had to take something away from me. Wow! So they, you're just like Giannis was shooting. Yeah. So they they took away my ability to like call things and. If there's anyone the you hate, you know, you should tweet just like it's going to be a great 2020s for Jason Kidd. I can tell <laughs> it's going to be a great decade for that guy. No, you shouldn't. Like that's your powers are too great. You might actually feel bad. 
based on what happens. Which seems impossible with kid, but you know, I I don't want to I don't want to test what you can do. Yeah, I mean, I might be too powerful to yeah. based on this, um, but uh, I think we're all wrapped up here. Yeah, yeah. I'd say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you did enjoy the show, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice and or YouTube. Just I'll say and yeah, do both. Why not cook the books? Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you check out all of the GSPN podcasts and G- at gspn.info. I'm fumbling still. Uh, <laughs> you, the, we're, we're like the Bucks. We're, we're embodying the Bucks against the Rockets here. Yeah, That's I how dedicated that. we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we had to watch that, so it was sort of awesome. That's true, yeah. Uh, but yeah, check out Talk of the Tundra, Cruising for a Bruising, make time for this, like all of the good stuff. And of course, Win and Six is going to be on this same feed that you're listening to this here. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Pod random, and we'll talk to you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com